Hey everyone, this is Caitlin Yeager with Missouri Humanities. Join us as we highlight the uniqueness of Missouri's small towns and showcase the bigger picture of what small town America really is by bringing you to communities across the state and listening to their stories of why they should not be overlooked, overshadowed, or underappreciated. We're not a flyover state. We're the heart of America. From somewhere in the show me state, this is Small Town Showcase. I'm here in Chillicothe, a town in north-central Missouri, almost west-north-central, if you will, in Livingston County. The name Chillicothe has Shawnee roots, with a couple different translations, a simplified version being Big Town or Principal Town, but I also heard it translated as the place where we come together. I love that one of those meanings is Big Town, because Chillicothe comes across not as a big town per se, but a big little town. There's a lot going on here. Two big commuter highways intersect at Chillicothe, so there's a lot of truck and automobile traffic. They have two major hotels, at least half a dozen non-chain restaurants, eclectic shops with handmade goods, antique stores, grocery stores, parks, and museums. It's one of those towns that's little in population only, which, by the way, is just under 10,000 people at the 2010 census. Sure, you might trek over to Kansas City or to St. Joseph every once in a while for more hop-in nightlife or to visit a Target or a shopping mall, but honestly, most, if not all, of your needs are met right here in town. Plus, it's the birthplace of sliced bread, but more on that later. We arrived in Chillicothe on a Friday afternoon on a surprisingly miserable day. It was cold, it was blustery, and at times, Mother Nature decided to snow on us. November weather in the Midwest can be quite unpredictable. It was not ideal for touring the town, but luckily, we got to know Chillicothe over some food and drinks at a local tap room. Afterward, I sat down with two lovely ladies that were the perfect pair to talk about this town they both dedicate their time, talents, and treasure to on a daily basis. Welcome to you both. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having us. We're happy to join you. Yes. Amy is the director of Visit Chillicothe, the tourism arm of the city, and Crystal leads the Chamber of Commerce. Both have shown their passion for this little town through the work they do day in and day out to show that their town is special. I asked them to orient us to the town a bit and its place within the state of Missouri. Well, we um, feel pretty fortunate that we're at the intersection of two fairly major highways, Highway 36, which runs um, east to west in northern Missouri um, throughout the length of the state, and then Highway 65, which runs north to south. So we are right in the middle of the intersection of those two highways, but definitely in the northern corridor of the state. So, um, you know, I know much of Missouri's population is I-70 and south, so we are north of I-70. We call it the lush rolling green hills of northern Missouri. And so that kind of helps with the landscape um, of where we are. As far as landmarks, I mean, we are the home of sliced bread. Mm -hmm. So that might not necessarily be viewed as a landmark, except for we do have a very big loaf mm -hmm. of sliced bread that is kind of hard to miss on our Sliced Bread Innovation Center. Um, and then additionally, we are home to over 25 larger-than-life historic murals that are scattered throughout our downtown um, corridor. 
and it definitely is a big draw for people. They really enjoy it. It catches people by surprise. We are very grateful that our community has never been bypassed by the highway. So literally people drive right through our, the heart of our community whenever they're traveling on 65 highway, which is our main thoroughfare through our community. So we are, we're very grateful for that. And it's something that we like to um, show off to everyone that passes through. I love that Amy and Crystal immediately mention a topic that is so important to small towns, the highway system and its impact on rural America. For those of you that grew up on Disney or have young kids, you might remember the movie Cars and that the town where this movie takes place, Radiator Springs, is a bit of a ghost town. There are bits where the characters in town show how desperate they are for tourists to take advantage of what their town has to offer. And later, we learn that the community, which was situated on Route 66, was once a bustling hotspot. But when a major highway was built, Radiator Springs was bypassed, and over time, traffic just stopped going through town. This is the fate of so many small towns in Missouri and across America who have to work that much harder to bring tourism and economic development opportunities to their community. Chillicothe was lucky. Two busy highways intersect at the town. I think in Chillicothe, so, um, you know, my organization does focus on tourism and we work with the entire region to um, build visitation and travel in this area. But we are certainly realistic. So Chillicothe is not or will never be a Branson or a Herman or some of the other amazing destinations that are in Missouri. But we do have a lot to offer and I think it is really an honest to goodness mix so we've got some people that may come here for a weekend. Um, maybe they're from the city and they're looking for um, some outdoor recreation or one of our great events in our community. We do a lot of sports related tourism. So whether that's hunting and fishing or um, golf or softball tournaments, that sort of thing, um, we're able to attract some of that. And we also get, um, because of our great location, on 65, people traveling other places mm -hmm. and stop by. But our goal is always just to be a really welcoming surprise for those people. We hope that they come here and um, stay a little bit longer than they anticipated, have a great meal, meet some great people, learn a little bit about our history and heritage. And that aspect is definitely growing. I think the past couple years have taught us all that um, there are many, many places to explore right in our own backyards. So I think that people within a few hours are seeing that. Additionally, 36, you know, we talk a lot about 65 because it runs right through our downtown. But 36, which lies right along our southern um, edge of our city limits of Chillicothe, became this Route 110, CKC, is the fastest route um, to get from Chicago to Kansas City and vice versa. So, you know, for years, for decades, that was I-70. And now we have that to tuck in our pocket as well. So it does capture a large amount of those, the transient, you know, population that are traveling through. But uh, much to what Amy said, you know, they do stop. They, the economic impact of them possibly staying a night in our hotels. We have some amazing properties right here um, in Chillicothe for them to use. We have amazing restaurants, you know, some good nightlife opportunities for them to experience. Um, so although there might not be everything someone is looking to experience, you know, for a true destination, we have all the amenities necessary to make a wonderful stay for a few nights or longer 
within a 30, 45 minute drive of here. We have a wonderful community that's a, has a very large Amish population that's just a short 30 minute drive from here. Um, we have the home of Walt Disney 45 minutes from here, the boyhood home. Uh, J.C. Penney and Missouri Star Quilt Company is located 25 minutes from here in Hamilton. And the list goes on. So I think that that's what we have going for us is that, yes, we are an amazing community all in our own right, but we believe in regionalism and making sure to, to uh, for lack of a better term, capitalize upon that as well. What Crystal just said about regionalism, that is so important to note. One thing that was evident throughout our conversation is that Chillicothe really understands the importance of regional collaboration. Most notably, they, along with several other communities along Highway 36, have started to work out how to capitalize on all the rich history and cultural heritage this area has to offer. But Amy and Crystal continue to emphasize how small communities really need to collaborate, not compete with one another for those precious tourism dollars. We mentioned Highway 36 earlier. We have a great tourism product with Highway 36. We call it the Way of American Genius. And we're proud to partner with our neighbors along Highway 36 from St. Joe to Hannibal and really promote an amazing, unique part of Missouri that has a lot of proud history and heritage and a lot of fun things to do. So we're really happy to be a part of that. Amy, uh, Amy's coined a term. Well, coopetition. Now somebody out there is going to oh, tell me. It. Somebody out there is going to tell me I didn't coin it, and I probably didn't. But um, coopetition, because yes, you're competing. We want them to ultimately stay here, or eat here, or shop here. Um, but we're also cooperating because we have to. My organization was founded on a regional approach because we knew we had to to survive um, and thrive. But it's so that's such a great point because I was at a conference years ago. One of, probably one of my first tourism conferences, and I still remember they said the worst thing to happen to small town tourism is football rivalries. Mm. Because, you know, you have a football rivalry with the next town over, every high school has a football rivalry, and you end up just really not liking that town because you really didn't like them when you were a junior in high school because <laughs> they beat you at the homecoming game. And that carries over. And the fact is, tourists don't see county lines. Mm -hmm. And especially in this part of the country. So if you're from a city and you want to go to a restaurant that's 40 minutes away, it's not a big deal. On the other side of town or something, you make your plans. Well, here, 40 minutes away, you're three towns over. Mm -hmm. So you've passed two counties and you're at a great restaurant 40 minutes away. Um, but that's cooperating and going to several different towns within one trip and so um it's just a it's just a really great thing i think more and more people are seeing regionalism as a viable and important option when i think too you almost have to think of it as you know you might hate that you're sending somebody to a different town but you, you hope that because you might be sending tourists on that someday they'll send them back to you you know that it's you know you're helping each other out um so so i love the regional approach and it's something that you know i think Many, many smaller communities, rural communities could certainly do more of um, and learn from Chillicothe's example, and especially this Highway 36 Heritage Alliance that you um, that you mentioned earlier. It's mm -hmm. that regional effort of figuring out what you guys have in common, but also how you can complement one another with your differences. So it's the end of 2021, and the world is still fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. 
While we're on the topic of tourism, I ask Amy and Crystal to reflect on how COVID impacted their industry and how Chillicothe is working to bounce back. I do think that as a small town and as a rural town, we we had it much better than um, some. I know the cities were affected very deeply. So I think people were craving um, simplicity. They were craving connections. They were um, looking for things that were outdoor and fresh and new. And they weren't as um, preoccupied as maybe the big theme parks or the professional sporting events or um, the casinos or things like that. They just wanted to get in the car with the people that were closest to them and have some genuine, authentic experiences. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is um, nothing that we do better in a small rural community than genuine and authentic. So um, I do think we connected with people. We have a welcome center here. And when it was um, a little safer to open, we opened that and we saw people coming in and they were just getting out and driving from all over. People from the East Coast were heading different places and um, it was just really amazing. It was harder to market during that time. No one really knew what it, what to do, but we simply kind of, we um, tagged onto some of the national campaigns that was like, travel awaits mm-hmm. was one of the big hashtags. We're here when you're ready, yeah. we're open, mm-hmm. here's what we had to offer. Many people in Missouri did this really well, um, went to some digital tours. I know Missouri Humanities Council did some amazing offerings. Missouri Division of Tourism did some great stuff and offered virtual tours. Um, We did some of that with some local online concerts and um, just a lot of different things. So um, we just tried to think outside the box, let people know what we were offering and when we were offering and um, let people decide for themselves. And I think it worked. And I think um, a lot of people, myself included, did a lot of armchair traveling during COVID. So people were making bucket lists. Mm -hmm. People were saying, that looks fun. I'm going to do that when I'm done. And we're seeing that now. People, there's been a lot of pent-up demand. So people are out and about. Um, Our events that have come back have been really strong. Um, People are just in a really great place and ready to travel. So it's good. I think there was a large uptick in camping. You know, and people feeling like that was a safer version of an escape for them. And so, of course, we welcomed that. Um, Like Amy had mentioned previously, there's a lot of great nature that surrounding us on every single side of Chillicothe. And so, um, and we have some great outdoor sports amenities right here with softball, baseball, sand volleyball, pickleball, tennis. What am I not thinking of? Um, We were very fortunate. You know, it is one of the things I know that everybody had to play it safe and still make wise decisions of how to keep their business, their family, their community running um, during the pandemic. And I will say that being in a smaller community provided us greater opportunity to be able to continue to do those sorts of things than possibly in a more urban setting. So from an economic development standpoint, it was one of those things that we realized, wow, there are a lot of upsides to rural living Um, that people in urban centers were not able to experience that we were, um, gratefully. Um, 
so that's something that we're kind of using to our advantage. It also, you know, and this is kind of a segue, but um, it also really afforded us the opportunity to look at our technology and what that is in a, in a rural community like Chillicothe. We are incredibly fortunate to have a wonderful um, internet telecom company that uh, worked tirelessly to upgrade systems. They already were on the cusp of amazing things. It just like expedited the process. And uh, we now, through the hard work of our city and their partnership with Green Hills Communications, uh, located just a few miles outside of Chillicothe, um, we are the only 10 gig city that it has two truncated lines that run from Kansas City to St. Louis. So if you are in a position to where you can technically work for a company out of Paris, France, but have the amenities of living in rural Chillicothe, you can do it. You have the capabilities of doing that. So that's something we're very proud of. Um, and it's really opened a lot of doors and opportunities for us in the economic development, community development side of things, but also just uh, the current way of life. You know, we have to have technology to stay on trend and to be able to compete. So we're very excited about that. Now, if you remember that little tidbit about sliced bread earlier, we're going to dive into that story. And yes, you heard correctly. Chillicothe, this little town in Missouri, claims the title of the home of sliced bread. Earlier, it was mentioned about being the home of sliced bread. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that because obviously that is, um, you know, there's obviously it's the phrase that everyone in the universe knows the best thing since sliced bread in Chillicothe. It's personal for Chillicothe. It is. Uh, so let's talk about um, Chillicothe's claim to fame of being the home of sliced bread and how in the last, probably you'd say about 15, 20 years, you guys have really started to capitalize on on that for, for tourism yeah. and economic development. Well, well, we'll give you the highlights of the story, um, but you really have to come here to appreciate it. We've got a lot to, um, we built a lot around the great story that is the making of sliced bread. Um, but um, about 18 years ago, a local reporter and historian was doing research for um, a timeline book. And she came across some great articles from the 1920s about sliced bread. Started doing a little research and found some history and connected with the um, the inventor of sliced bread. His name was Otto Rowetter, um, and he was an, an inventor. He created a machine that commercially sliced bread. But she, um, the author, connected with his son, who lived in Arkansas at the time, and he was able to travel to Chillicothe. And he brought with him his father's scrapbook and many, many memories. And we met him and interviewed him and he shared his information and his family's scrapbook. And it was something he had known his whole life, but he had never really, no one had ever really been that interested in it. And so the fact that we were taking an interest in his father's work was really special to him. And ever since then, we've just kind of known that it was something um, it was our story. It was our history. It was our unique story to tell. And um, so we started telling it and we found new and new ways to tell it. Um, raised a little money here and there to be able to do some great projects. We've got a sliced bread mural. Um, we've got historic markers throughout town. Our Grand River Museum, which is a wonderful museum, our county historic history museum, they actually have 
one of the original slicers on long-term loan from the Smithsonian Institute. So it is a showpiece for their museum that people love to come and see. And they just have a, a really great exhibit there with that. What I love about this story is that to Chillicothe, it's not about the bread. Sure, they love that they can claim the history, but they really understand the place this story has in a much broader context. And then now we have the historic bakery where sliced bread was invented. And we have actually retained ownership of that building and are renovating it into the Sliced Bread Innovation Center. So the great thing about sliced bread is we're all familiar with the product. <laughs> we all grew up with it. We all still use it. Um, but it's not about the bread. It's about um, bread, sliced bread being the gold standard for progress and innovation. So it is the, the um, scale that we still use how many times in a movie or a political speech or something do you hear it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. So it's just become a, a very common thing. So we, um, we have fun with it. Mm -hmm. We honor our history. It is great. It shows the entrepreneurial and innovative spirit of this area of scrappy folks with not much to lose that say we're going to take a chance on an idea that everybody in every big city has passed on and um, we want to we want to do this and so it was two men in the 1920s a struggling baker and what we call an itinerant inventor um, that were both um, a little down on their luck that said we're going to work together and do this and they did it <laughs> And they put it on grocery store shelves, and the story is it increased sales by 2,000%. Oh, my God. So um, who knew how much people hated slicing their own bread? <laughs> <laughs> but we have interviewed people from that time that were children at the time that says, one day my sandwiches were crooked, and the next they weren't. <laughs> so um, then we, we've done some research, and we've worked with some professors um, as far as we can tell, the origin of the phrase greatest thing since sliced bread dates back to World War II. And during, obviously, World War II, they re did a lot of rescission orders where they were trying to um, cut back on things and um, ration things so that more production would go to the war effort. So sliced bread was one of the things they tried to ration. And the story goes that there was such an upheaval from housewives um, that they said, no, you can have our stockings, you can have our sugar and our coffee and our chocolate, but we're gonna need our sliced bread. <laughs> so the recension order lasted very shortly and um, sliced bread was available to the masses. So it's um, the first time it's in print is in 1945. So um, that's about how far we are able to trace back the story. But it's just a really fun part of our history. We have some fun with it. Um, one of our tourism slogans is experience our greatest things. So we um, play around with that a lot. The, the greatest city sense is one of our hashtags. We do some fun ads. Um, you know, come to Chillicothe for the weekend where loafing is encouraged. Mm -hmm. So there's so many <laughs> um, fun jokes and stuff you can have with sliced bread. And we've heard them all. Mm -hmm. It's not very Missouri to toot your own horn too much. But we do think that today um, that progressive spirit lives on 
and we do have a very progressive um, small town. And so there are a million examples. What was truly amazing to learn about Chillicothe were all the ways members of this community work to give back and invest in their town how much they value having so many resources available at the community level, and that when there's a need, they have the support to fulfill it. I like to use the term anomaly. Um, Amy can correct me if she feels that there's a better term to use, but we are very fortunate that um, back, oh goodness, um, probably really in like the mid to late 80s, um, uh, kind of a landmark project for our community was the YMCA. So, you know, everybody's familiar with the YMCA. It's, it's nothing out of the norm, nothing people really think about, oh, okay, why is this significant for Chillicothe? But it was because prior to uh, the one that has now taken over quite a significant amount of land here in Chillicothe, YMCAs did not exist in rural communities. YMCAs existed in urban centers, uh, bigger cities. And so when we had a few people here that realized we really needed youth activity and uh, exercise programming and those sorts of community-centric activities, they reached out to YMCA and said, hey, we would love to have this here. And uh, they said, you're crazy. YMCAs don't exist there. Uh, you couldn't handle it basically. And, uh, what we've learned over the years from that YMCA project and moving forward is that pretty much we are the pull yourself up by the bootstraps, going to find the answers, going to work towards the solutions type of community. And, uh, you know, long story short, we have an amazing multi-million dollar facility now that, uh, has grown. I believe they've done three expansion projects on it. All the money locally raised. And because of that, that was really what kickstarted this momentum of being a very prosperous, forward-thinking community filled with vision um, through foundations and philanthropic efforts. So because of that, we now have over 18 uh, locally driven foundations, 501c3s, that total, I believe it's over $40 million um, total among them. And so that means that technically 5% of each of those has to be reinvested. You know, some of them have very strategic uh, plans on how that money can be spent, but then there are others that it can be, you know, whatever it's open-ended and it's an application process. The board of directors make those guide those decisions, but we have seen so much investment back into our community every single year because of it, whether that is, a thing like the YMCA, whether that is a purchase of the Slicebread Innovation Center. We have a, I think it's a $4 million AstroTurf NFL quality football field, soccer field, um, track, you know, as well stadium for our local high school sports to utilize. Um, not one tax dollar was put into that. That was all locally raised funds. Um, our Lytton Agri-Science Center, we are a very agriculturally rich community. And uh, thanks to Jerry Lytton and his forethought and his family that carried out that legacy for him, we have an amazing agri-science learning facility that rivals almost none others in the state of Missouri. So we just count ourselves very fortunate that 
We have a lot of leaders previously with vision. Um, it ties in well to the story of sliced bread, people being creative, uh, inner innovators thinking beyond the here and now and looking towards the future. And we just, you know, in our positions, leading nonprofits locally, that's what we strive to continue to do for the future um, so that youth continue to want to keep our vision alive that we're working towards now. You know, being realistic, every community has the good and the bad, and we don't try to sugarcoat that or, um, you know, shove it in a, in a dark corner. Um, but I think we work really hard to focus on the good and bring the good out in situations that otherwise might not be. Uh, when we see that there is a need, we try to fill that. Um, we have an amazing facility here called Community Resource Center that works for displaced or homeless individuals. We have an amazing relationship with um, a few community churches that have Operation Help that provides assistance to people whenever they are down on their luck, maybe having a hard time paying their electricity bill, those sorts of things. Um, we have food pantries. We have all the amenities and things that are needed to embrace a community, even in the aspects that you know you don't necessarily want to always think about as being issues or underlying problems in your community. Being realistic, we know that those issues are still here, but we just have so many other greater things that we feel outshine those. We work hard to make sure that Chillicothe is a place that people want to reside and take pride in, not only now, but um, you know, for their families to continue to grow. And we have many families that are in fourth, fifth generations right here in Chillicothe. I think the I think the family, the sense of community pride thing that you mentioned, Crystal, I think that's an important motivator in the foundations and in the general um, generational wealth that's left here. People want to invest in that because we see the struggle for the rural communities. We see small towns that maybe get bypassed by the highway or lose their hospital or have their schools consolidated or something like that and how devastating that that can be for a community. So I think our forward thinking ability um, is able to kind of see, oh, okay, well, we don't want that to happen. So how do we proactively offset that? And that goes back to a little bit about um, our historic preservation ethic too. You know, we've talked a lot about several of the buildings that have been renovated or rehomed. You know, we see these great assets that our community has. And while we're still able to, we do something about it um, so that it is preserving it. So it's preserving our history for the future. It's preserving our community for um, children and future generations to say, there's an option. You know, the small town way of life is an option. Um, there's a great quote, and I probably will misquote it. I will definitely misquote it um, from our neighbor just down the road. Um, for those of you who don't know, Walt Disney grew up in Marceline, Missouri, which is another great Highway 36 community. And um, my friends over there quote him as saying, um, there will come a time in the near future when children do not know where their food came from. So his vision before his untimely death was to build Marceline into an agricultural Disneyland. And there were actually plans and, and, prod, and um, layouts and blueprints for that to happen because he felt so strongly that Marceline played such a huge role in his life and felt such a connection to that way of life. And it is important. So it's, it's 
it's being rooted in this small town. It, um, it takes hold of some people, um, whether they're from here or whether they move here like me. And it says, this is a special place. This is a, this is a great um, area and we really want to work hard to make it better. Um, so I think that, that the foundation and the giving aspect is to ensure that that is here for generations to come. Crystal's organization, and I helped a little bit, started a great Facebook group during um, uh, the height of the pandemic called Connecting Chillicothe. And it was literally every resource you needed, every question you had, we helped find the answers, we connected people, and um, it's still going. And it's Connecting Chillicothe, and that's what it was all about. Then off of that, we stemmed Chillicothe Live, which was a way to kind of collaborate uh, people through the arts. And uh, we had people that maybe didn't even live in Chillicothe anymore, uh, specifically one, one graduate of Chillicothe that now lives in Kentucky, but is a great musician. And so he would do concerts, if you can call them that, from his garage. And we would air them through Chillicothe Live. And people just, it resonated and it brought them together. Um, a local baker did a little baking show, a local gardener showed about potting succulents and different things and it was just a great way to continue that same environment that Amy mentioned about nurturing even in the grocery store aisle through COVID um, via online. Like a lot of communities in small town America, Chillicothe is concerned that the next generation will go away and not come back. Amy, Crystal, and I discuss how there's a harmful perception of small town life where success is measured by how far away from your hometown you end up that people who live in rural America are stuck there with no other prospects, so they stayed. They want to change that perception and show the coming-of-age crowd in Chillicothe that success can be found in your hometown and that staying here can be a choice and a good one at that. You know, I think for a long time, the measure of success, the actual word success for uh, a lot of rural communities, not just here specifically, was uh, seeing how far away you could get after graduation. Mm-hmm. And, and getting uh, out of Dodge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that uh, story that was perpetuated was there's nothing here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you need, in order to achieve success, you've got to get away. You got to mm-hmm. spread your, you know, grow your wings, spread them and, and fly, you know, take flight. And so I feel like now that is um, a story we're trying to. Can you leave and be successful? Absolutely. We we want nothing more for everyone to find success and happiness, no matter where that takes them. But we have to combat the issue of, of people thinking that if they choose to stay here, that they are somehow inferior or not as successful mm-hmm. um, by making a very lucrative, you know, joy-filled life in, in a rural part of the state of Missouri or anywhere else for that matter. So um, I say all that to say that now we are really actively working towards making sure our youth know the opportunities that await them right here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle, but it is one that we're willing to, you know, take on and, and we are actively pursuing. We do through the Chamber of Commerce, we partner with the high school and go into the classrooms and do career chats. We literally pull all different types of professions from our community and have them go in and talk to the kids point blank, real world scenarios, um, 
how they ended up where they are, whether that was chosen or, you know, a different path led them that way. Um, income, what they would do differently, what they love, what they don't like, and, uh, and just tell them everything. And, um, it's been a real eye opener for these kids, I think, and for us Mm -hmm. as the working professionals in the community to listen to them as well and hear what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of them think that the careers that they're interested in right now would never allow them to stay here. But I think by opening up that conversation, we're starting to realize there's a lot of things hidden here that they don't even know about um, that are opportunities for them. I'm glad to see that there's been a shift, more value has been placed in the rural way of life. And I think, um, I hope that that is a trend that continues to grow. There's no greater compliment than wanting your kids to have the same experience that you had. And I think that's what we see in a lot of young professionals that end up coming back here. And yeah, it's a shift for people that move here or for people that get used to being in a bigger city. Um, But it's all about your perspective and what you want. I mean, it took me years to get used to the fact that when I went to the grocery store, I had to have conversations. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to see a lot of people and they're going to talk to me and they're going to recognize me. It's not anonymous. Um, You know, everybody's like, oh, a small town, everybody knows your business. Yep. And that's okay. Like, it's not in a negative way. It's, you know, for the most part, it's a, it's a nurturing way and it's a, it's a community. I mean, that word gets overused a lot, but the word community is really powerful. And, you know, certainly the last couple of years we've saw, seen that. And I think it can be in all genres and in all industries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I hear people say, well, the only reason why people come back to small towns is because they have a family business to get their start in, you know, um, but I have to disagree. I think, yes, that is a component. I think that that is a way, but I know currently my board president of my chamber of commerce board, um, she didn't come back to a family business. Her dad's a local optometrist. She's an attorney. She joined another local firm and, uh, has since been appointed a prosecuting attorney for a neighboring county. I mean, incredibly successful all in her own right. Um, our local state of the art medical facility, uh, which is a St. Luke's affiliate, the head of the ER department there was the star of our high school football team when I was in high school. (laughs) And now here he is really having a huge impact, you know, on our local community, um, in the health arena. And the list just goes on and on as far as local people who either chose to stay here, went away and got some education, came back, whatever their path led them. Um, but they are creating a huge impact uh, and a reinvestment in our community. Mm-hmm. We you know, recently have been discussing redevelopment mm-hmm. um, of, of historic properties in our community. We are very fortunate in another way um, that we have a lot of great building stock in our community, our downtown was, uh, you know, it went through that ugly phase. It was the ugly duckling. Um, everything kind of got covered up with that metal in the late seventies. You know, it that wasn't, was a, they didn't think it was ugly at the time. Oh no, it was all the rage. Uh-huh. Real fancy. Exactly what you're it was, it was the fad. And, uh, but the problem is enough time passed and that metal was left up there. And everybody thought, oh, that building has to be horrible behind that. If they covered it with that tin, it's like, just wait, it's probably preserved. And it really did. 
so we are very fortunate that our downtown is is beautiful, um, very historic in nature. We have our murals, of course, that go along with that that we've already chatted about. But um, now we have we have a school building. Our our school district has done a great job of getting our buildings upgraded to today's technology, um, you know, and electronic needs. And our old 1950s school buildings were not cutting the mustard, so to speak. So now we had a building that was no longer going to be used. It's sold to a local developer who's turning it into market rate housing. That's going to be really nice. Um, the same developer is the one that, um, developed the building in our historic district that now houses shooters, an amazing restaurant and additional market rate housing apartments right inside there. So, you know, it's those people that, you know, we're not always needing to attract outside individuals to make that impact on the community. And I think that's a real value driven part of our community. The standard of you have to move away to make something of yourself or to make a name for yourself it's so much more impactful in a small town to start a new business. So someone could stay here, have an entrepreneurial spirit, open a business and potentially have a giant impact on their community. I also think though, and this is an area, rural communities in general, um, small towns also probably are tiny bit um, behind is the definition of success is changing you know, um, with the new generation and, you know, we need to adapt to that. So there are the gig economy, people are focusing more on work-life balance. And so success to somebody just coming out of college or high school may be different than what it is, um, to myself or somebody older. And, um, we need to honor that and adapt to that. But I think, for them and their definition of success and work-life balance, it doesn't get much better than a small town. A small town that's connected and lets you have the ability to work wherever, but also provides recreation and really great quality of life at affordable prices and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think, I think small towns are a winner in that area too, and it's kind of time we recognize and capitalize on that. We've been known to say, uh, and I may be a little biased here that I feel like as a person who resides in a small town, we have the ability to go to the city to visit and get the full experience. Mm -hmm. You can rent an Airbnb loft apartment and act just like a local. Um, but I think it's hard sometimes for people who don't lay claim to a rural area to be able to get the full experience of the rural existence, um, as a visitor. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to add that to my little box of, you know, um, memoirs. Yeah, yeah. Something that Crystal and Amy seemed to feel very strongly about is their town's sense of identity, aided by the continued positive feedback that they receive from visitors. They know what they have, they know what they don't have, and they know what they need to succeed, and they're willing to do the work. A word that came to mind earlier when we were talking about what people experience when they come here and and we host, have the opportunity to host a lot of people and talk to a lot of different visitors. And I think one word that, that I'm okay with, but I think that comes up a lot um, with visitors is surprise. Your community is such a nice <laughs> surprise. <laughs> and it's like, 
Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but I'll take it. What were you, I'm going to take that as the compliment. I'm mm-hmm. sure it was intended. Yes. Exactly. Um, what, you know, not sure what they were expecting or what their um, conception was before they came here, but it's always really nice. I feel like we hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a great surprise. We This was unexpected. We didn't expect this. And it's like, okay, well, we'll take that. We just entertained a big group from all over the state earlier this week. And one of them, um, I loved, she walked up to me and she said, today has been a joy. And I thought, what a nice thing to hear about your community. You know, that after they literally have toured it from south end to north end and everything in between and for them to choose that word to signify their experience of your town it was a joy and you know back to the genuine concept we know who we are as a community we know our place in the food chain we don't have an arch we love st louis um we don't have a a million live music shows like branson we don't have the nightlife of kansas city so we know who we are and we know what we have and um uh, back to another word that comes to mind with our community is we often get very creative. So we know that we have to provide a really top-notch experience when people come to town. So we often get creative and we just really have fun with that. So um, we were named Missouri Arts Council, one of their very first Missouri creative communities. And I think that word is just such a great word because for them, they awarded us the honor based on the arts because we do have a very active arts um, council. We obviously have a lot of public art in terms of the murals and the carvings, um, but we are just a real creative community. We figure out creative ways to solve problems and to get things done. As we wrapped up our conversation, I wanted to know what Amy and Crystal saw as some of the major needs in their community, things that they felt would really propel them into the future as a successful, progressive small town in Missouri. So, Amy, you brought up something um, that I want to circle back to, which is how um, truly the measure of of success for a small community is their ability to change, to adapt, um, to grow. So um, speaking on behalf of Chillicothe, Mm -hmm. um, what do each of you think this community needs in order to grow, to succeed um, as it, it moves forward, as it moves into the future? Gosh, that's a great question. Um... And it's hard to answer because you don't want to sound ungrateful for what we do have. But I do think there are things that you think three or four things that, wow, if we had that or maybe comparing it to other communities. So one thing that comes to my mind is higher education. I think that's um, a tremendous opportunity that we have to perhaps, and there have been conversations, but I would love to see that happen Um where we're able to offer offer a higher education program in conjunction with a university or a community college or something like that um, to where we could offer that to some of our students who choose to stay here. We have an amazing vocational technical school that offers uh, several opportunities, but that would really just scale that up, you know, by being able to Mm -hmm. offer offer that as well. Um, You know, I mentioned we have great schools already in line. You know, so all, all those sorts of things are coming down the pike, but I do think about the experience, you know, and those sorts of things. Cause we've heard all about, you know, that's where adventure is, is experiences. And that's what people want to, um, have the opportunity to do. So we, we, 
we really like would like to have a lake. <laughs> and that's not too much to ask, right? Um, you make lakes. Right? <laughs> We, we have a lot of people in our area that have bulldozers and excavators, so <laughs> let's just get that going. But, um, but really, we do have about um, almost an hour drive, a couple different directions to get to the nearest recreational lake. And I'm going to go ahead and add a beach. A sure. Beach, a lake let's, with a beach type component to that. Keep the list rolling. Reach um, the stars. Yep. So I do think that that would be... Um, that would be something. We have one area not too far outside that has some uh, trails, but I know people just really are getting more and more into nature. And we talked about the camping thing. Um, so we honestly, for a community development standpoint, could really use more um, camping spaces, you know, campground that's a little bit more in nature. We have one that has 47 spaces that's amazing, um, but it's not, it's, it's off of our Lit Nagra Science Center. It's not in nature. Sure. So I think hiking trails, camping locations, that sort of stuff, it all pairs well with a lake. So um. I really feel like this podcast is going to get some traction. So I'm going to go ahead and just throw my wish list out there. I would love to see the Katy Trail extend Scoop and up. loop up a little bit. <laughs> well, I know that there's, there is offshoots. There, 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 we are, go. there are chats. There have been chats. Um, and I'm going to add to that um, Amtrak. That's I was gonna. I would love that. to. We we don't have um, the best transportation um, opportunities. If you want to come to Chillicothe, you're gonna drive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's pretty much your. I mean, you could walk. <laughs> we'll we'll be here. We'll have a bottle of water <laughs> waiting for you. But um, if you're coming to Chillicothe, you're gonna drive because we don't have um, a lot of public transportation um, opportunities. We do have an um, an airport, and it's great for p- private aircraft. Um, um, but we don't have um, accessible ways to get here in on major transportation issues. Um, I always add um, additional entertainment to what Crystal said, you know, fun and adventure. So we would certainly welcome any entertainment venues. We are lucky enough to have things like a great movie theater, a bowling alley, skating rink. But, you know, there's always opportunities there for, for fun. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out um, restaurants. We are fortunate to have a variety of restaurants, but you know, I think uh, food is a travel trend that we can count on growing and being strong. So, um, restaurant variety, I think, is always a, a good option. You know, nightlife. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the, that is an important com- component to a, you know, a, a community. And so, I think that uh, there's room for that. You know, to have some nice nightlife options for people we have we have several restaurants that are the double mm-hmm. as a, a nightlife opportunity but i think um that's uber. something we could expand on i would like uber uber yeah. lyft something of that nature so if there's anybody out there that can make this happen yeah bring it on amy and crystal I feel like uh, <laughs> i feel like missouri communities wish lists have extra power so <laughs> we will do Put that, that good juju out there <laughs> putting it out there mm-hmm well, I want to thank you both so much for, for taking some time to talk about this wonderful place that I, I can just tell you guys are so proud to lead and, and to, to give your time and treasure to, time, talents, and treasure. So um, thank you guys so much, and uh, we look forward to exploring more of the, of the community. Yeah, thanks for being here. We are glad to be included on your showcase. Yes. <laughs> Small towns rule. <laughs> 
Small Town Showcase is a production of Missouri Humanities. Special thanks to our production manager, Michael Saldivar, and thank you to our members and supporters for making this initiative possible. To learn more about us, visit mohumanities.org or follow us on social media at mohumanities. I'm Caitlin Yeager. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again soon with more of the Show Me State.